Well, hello, you little quacky ducks. This is Idiots versus Idiots. My name is Did you say Danny. quacky ducks or quacky, quacky duck. ducks? Quacky oh, duck. okay. I thought you said clacky ducks. I was like, what the um, hell is a clacky duck? But go ahead. All right, I dig it. <laughs> this is Idiots versus Idiots, and my name is Danny. Today I am joined by our probationary or proby co-host, the big man. Um, and before we kick off the show today on a somber note, I just want to extend my sincerest condolences to John McAfee's family. Um, he was a great man. Uh, I met someone who met him once. Uh, and in in remembrance you of met his... somebody that met somebody that may have actually met him somewhere, some way? Uh, I know a guy, because he ran for president as on the Libertarian Party ticket. And I think he was the... You know, vice presidential candidate for someone who I know. So, okay. Nonetheless, I'm just proposing as the tweet that had you know kind of circulated, you know, in the wake of his supposed passing, mm-hmm. that we live our lives all about 15 percent more unhinged in his memory. So, okay, that guy See, know how to that guy knew how to live. And this continues is, okay, to folks out hearts. there. This is why Danny and I have problems being friends, right here. We and don't I have love this man. I do. I love we this man across from me. But we have problems being friends because Danny. There, look. I feel bad for anybody's family that someone passes away. I truly mean that. However, Danny finds it funny to bring this up because John McCaffrey again. Guy revolutionized the world in a yes. certain way, in a way, right. made lots of money, but certified nut job. And Danny knows yes. that he's a certified nut yes. job, so has to bring this up when if it has you, nothing to do with nothing but to rile me and everyone else up in the world up. So that's if it. you, I, I'm a person who has a pretty st- strong intestinal fortitude and can watch a lot of different kind of content, but there's a certain line that I just can't cross. And so I Uh watched his Netflix, the documentary, the Netflix documentary about him. I think it's an hour and 45 minutes. And I think I had to fast forward for about an hour through the whole thing. (laughs) Have you seen the the conspiracy theory connection between that and the Florida uh, condo that went down? Apparently a couple months ago, he put, he put out a a tweet or something that says, if anything happens to me, check within the, 8th Street in Florida, uh, yes. blah, 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 right? And then and the, the, condo the address collects. to this condo is like 877 8th Street yeah. or whatever. No, anyway. and then the condo collapsed in Miami, yeah. Yeah, that and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So everybody's saying this is what, this is the condo that he must have been tweeting <laughs> about right after his death, the condo get, you know, like, I'm just, I'm Danny's more of the conspiracy theorist. Anyway, I am not a conspiracy theorist. our stuff today? Like, yeah, we, we can. We can, but I just wanted to say I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a pursuer of the truth. 100% is, and, folks. And we all, we could, we could just go back and look at John's tweets. But we can't anymore because <laughs> he got banned from Twitter posthumously, right? Um, uh, he, got, he got taken down off of Instagram. I'm just saying, okay, we're, we're not a show that talks about conspiracies and politics. We're not one of those shows. No. We mostly talk about vampires and dinosaurs. But <laughs> If they own businesses, yeah, we talk about them too. <laughs> they're, they're, listen, either they're bloodsuckers or they're ancient. So business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, they kind of fit into a couple categories. Before we jump into our stories today, down below in the link in the description, you can grab 
are our deal with Acre Gold. I want to tell you about our sponsor for this first segment of this first story. Timeless and beautifully designed, Acre Gold is guaranteed to retain value in a way that cash rarely does. Two and a half grams is an excellent weight for the first-time gold buyer or a seasoned gold investor to accumulate gold over time. We got the link in the description. Let me tell you something. I'm, I was excited when the big man uh, was able to bring this sponsor on because finally he actually did something. <laughs> he may he may finally get through that probationary period. Maybe. But, uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean that. I mean, of course, we have. A, I have another meeting with Keller Zabel uh, Cohen this week, so we'll see how things go for the big man. But um, I listen. I had a I had a nephew last year. First thing I did, mm -hmm. autumn gold. Right, that kid has more money than I did when I was twenty. Now, <laughs> so um, it's something that we both believe in. I probably mm -hmm. believe in it more than he does, but that's fine. Uh, and we're doing this for you. We 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 are bringing this to you because we love you. That's right. That's right. Always bringing one value. of us. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So sport. This first story it really pertains to us in a in, in a very specific way because we are the target market in some way, right? So right. the co-founder of Kayak, if you're unfamiliar with Kayak, uh, used to be called Sidestep.com, but effectively it compares travel rates across the different websites. Right. So uh, he created a new app, launched already, called Moonbeam. Wait, well, okay, before Danny gets too far into this, I, I want everybody to adjust their expectations this is literally an app that when this show comes out will only be a couple of days old right i have gone down the rabbit hole of this app already i've downloaded the app i've been online and and, and registered it has a litany of Bugs. issues from a from a technical standpoint the idea for the app is what i'd really like to talk about that's the that's the great idea i'm just saying this is not one of those it seems like to me that they Put out after a whole bunch of pre-testing and a whole bunch of right. development. This is very much very clunky right now. It's very you know, so temper your expectations. But the idea is a great one. So Danny, why don't you tell us about the idea of it? Since you're so bored over there, go okay, ahead and tell us the bored. idea. I'm not bored. I'm not bored over here. I'm just bored when you're talking. Uh, is that what anytime, it is? Anytime you talk, all I uh, I just there's a mouse on a wheel in my brain, and he just starts staring off into space well the real information over here versus right. what you give people but go ahead uh okay we'll see who has the real information yeah huh? last week spotify acquired pods which does something somewhat similar yes um and, and basically the, the the notion here is what moonbeam is going to do for you is help you find the new podcasts that you would like to listen to based on your um search history we already know the women out there it's just shows about people getting murdered and how did they get murdered why, and, why you gotta uh, pull women or gender or any particular group uh -huh. into this category danny will do that by the way and it drives me nuts look yeah this is this is i'm gonna say this and people aren't gonna like it this is a yes you got pods and the way they're doing it trying to put new uh podcasts in a, a facebook style social media style platform yeah they're called However, the discovery platform they're trying to help right you. so so let me just break it down for you this way um 
Hulu, Amazon Prime Video, Netflix, they all do this and they, they suggest things that you, or YouTube, they suggest the things that they think you want to see. Now, podcasts, as a, in, in, in contrast to that, they never lived on a single platform, right? Right, they're all over show, the place. No, a Netflix show, right. A Netflix show really only lived on Netflix. Mm-hmm. A Hulu show or movie only really lived on Hulu. But when, you know, podcasting and the proliferation of podcasting hasn't really been tied to a specific app. Now, we're only now seeing probably 15 years into the podcasting alpha generation uh, who said, I don't have information, but really we're only now seeing um, ex- exclusivity in terms of platform deployment when it comes to podcasts. Spotify is out here buying up everybody. Call her right. daddy closed a supposedly $60 million three-year deal after they well, shed a freaking co-host. But again, they're buying big names, but how does that help the small podcast that's growing or a growing Correct. podcast be found? That's Spotify's issue. That's why I don't know unless Spotify changes the way they do things it how how long or how far it grows. Look, here's the deal. The easiest way to explain Moobeam, it's a TikTok ripoff. Right, it's it's what it is. He literally said it himself. He got the inspiration for this from TikTok. This okay. is not this is not like every other uh, podcast platform in that most of them use crawlers. Right, you can use one RSS feed. It finds them. Right, puts it on Apple. You know, we use Anchor.fm, right. which kind of splices right. all of our episodes out. But they use crawlers, and they grab your whole episode and they put it on right. their platform. Somebody can listen. This is different in that, first of all, my first problem with this, we are not currently on there. Oh, that, oh we well, are that not is currently also, on yeah, that, that is, That's, I do that, have a problem with that. Okay. So, so here's the other thing about this discovery problem that I do like, that is maybe not in practice yet, but in theory, they want to give, they want to empower the creator, right? And we are a Correct. small but rapidly growing podcast. We are already a better podcast than Group Chat Pod. Um, we are far more informative, interesting, humorous, irreverent. We got 50% of Indians, but we're doing twice the Indian knowledge. So <laughs> just saying. Well, look, so and when I say TikTok ripoff, the, the idea behind this is the consumer or, in well, like you just said, the podcaster right, the creator, can go yeah. in and create clips. Just like TikTok, you create a clip. We're on TikTok. We're up to almost 8,000 subscribers. We've got 10,000 And I don't even likes. understand that at all, man. And I feel like an old person saying, I don't understand it, you know? They're, they're, but you, you can create a clip of a podcast, and you promote it saying, hey, I like this portion of this show, and that's how it's TikTok-like. It's not just, hey, you're getting the full episode. Here it is, whatever. You, as a consumer, or me, us, the podcaster, can create these clips and then right. put them out there and then... And they go on that TikTok like short little clips, you know, forth and discover new podcasts without having to a listen to the entire thing, or, right? And b being subject to what other people like about it, right? People like right. this particular thing about me making fun of you because you say really stupid things sometimes. I am can- a certified genius. I'm a member of Mensa. <laughs> I got a 36 on my ACT. And they could clip all these inaccurate things like that you I say and Factual. put it on there and share that with other people and say, hey, this is what I like about Danny. He's completely full of it, right? So no. okay. that's where it's a oh. little different, but I think it's going to be difficult to pull off based on what I've seen of it so far. So here's what I here, here's what I think, right? I think there's 
this app is is an app that's trying to solve a problem that I don't know is necessarily a problem. Because I think if you're a podcast fan, you kind of lean into your different genres and you already know what you're doing there. And then if you are, tr- I don't know anybody who's trying to get into podcasting, like who's trying to listen, right? I don't know a person like that. And I know everybody oh, I, there I, is to I, know. I think in a content driven world that we're in and that's creating i 100 think there is look that that i would even argue that places like hulu paramount plus netflix all of these people even still currently have this problem and the reason i think that is because there's any number of articles that come out every single week here's 10 things you haven't seen on netflix because right. people are wanting a new show on Netflix, but there's so many shows that it's hard for them, even with Netflix as good as it is, for right. them to find a show like Bridgerton or like whatever that they just finished I don't know watching. what you just said. I don't even know if that's a word. but um, <laughs> It's a show on Netflix. Yeah, so what I was trying to say before I was so rudely interrupted by our <laughs> probationary co-host, the big man, was that I don't think this is a problem. and I think the biggest problem they're trying to solve trying to put new podcasts or interesting uh, you know up and coming podcasts in front of the mm-hmm. listener but the biggest problem they're going to have is getting people to care about their app right no absolutely and that that well, becomes the first one because who's going to be the first you have one to, to get, jump on podcasters exactly, you, exactly so you have to get because there's no shortage of people who want to do an interview to help promote themselves to your our platform and we mm-hmm. want to promote ourselves listen say whatever you want about Gary V but he spread his ideas far and wide, and they tend to be more correct than incorrect. And so sure. we're all just doing Gary V, right? I mean, we're all just practicing. We're all doing, we're interviewing people. We're going on their podcast, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So the biggest issue here is not simply getting people to discover our our, our podcast on their chosen platform. Because I don't know, like, I mean... I, I know my you know I know family members who have Apple Podcast or who have iPhones, so I send them the Apple Podcast mm-hmm. link. They're like, I don't use that. I use Spotify. Then I have you know people who have Android phones and they use some app I've never heard of, not Google Podcasts right. or Anchor, or whatever. So there's all that stuff. But then there is now I gotta like get people to go to a now Moonbeam has to get has to find users in order to get them interested into listening to podcasts and i'm just saying my view tends to be that if you were kind of a mid-tier adopter of podcasting as a genre as a thing because i don't mm-hmm. even like my nieces and nephews are like so what kind of music did you listen like what kind of music did you listen to <laughs> i'm like well nothing you've ever heard of firstly and secondly right. nothing you listen to because i don't speak korean and neither do you so it's weird that you listen to k-pop <laughs> Okay. Nothing Again, against the you're Korean people. Race and no, hold on. Nothing against the, the Korean ahead. people. Nothing against the art form. Just saying, I don't get it. Okay, uh, I don't yeah, get I don't the. Either, yeah. It's manufactured pop in a language you don't speak. One hundred percent. These are all thirty-five-year-old men who look fifteen. So uh, that's also odd. Uh, God bless, though. God bless whoever. Mm. Like it was really. It's really started with J-pop. The Japanese are the really ones who pioneered this manufactured pop art form and god bless you for doing it care but yeah i know you don't care okay this is my <laughs> podcast you're my probationary co-host that i uh-huh, permit to uh-huh. come on here weekly 
look, I, I think the reason he brought up TikTok is A, because TikTok is huge right now, right? right? Yeah. And two, so if they can associate this with the TikTok, I think you do get that small and medium person that may want to start podcasts, and this is a way for them to kind of dip their toe in and get a lot of different types of podcasts in a relatively short amount of time. Right. But they're also, they're calling it, so again, you don't know TikTok. TikTok has what's called For You page, meaning I know these are is. the people that you like. These are also right. the people that we think you'll like based on the algorithm, whatever. This is going to be the same way. They're calling it on the beam, right? Okay. Moonbeam on the beam is the for you page of, of this new app. Um, and they're laying it out in a very similar way. They're using both, again, just like TikTok. They're using an algorithm to tell you what you think you're going to like based right. on what you have liked and what you do on the app. And in combination with what you like, right? What you yeah, say so you like. Curated, yeah. So it, it exactly. Curated. Um, I have Instagram. Instagram pioneered the for your for you page, by the way. So um, I'm familiar with what it is, and uh, <laughs> no one can, no one's allowed to even because my for you page is just Baywatch. It's not what? Baywatch, but it's Baywatch. That is so. really weird and awkward for you to admit that. Um, look, Why wouldn't they I did, admit it? It's factual. This, There's nothing wrong with it. When this app illegal. actually started, came out, right. when it, whenever it actually functions in the next couple of weeks, whenever right. it actually functions properly, one of the things that I would say it has a leg up already on top of everything else is it Speaking already has Baywatch, a Speaking of Baywatch, leg up. <laughs> <laughs> um, the... Uh, the benefit that it has out of the gate is it within the app has the ability to tip the creator so right out of the gate you have the ability to if you come across a 60 second clip of a podcast that you like you can turn around inside the app give them a dollar give them five dollars give them a hundred dollars or whatever right through the app without going to somewhere else without a clicking the link like again we have set up where you can obviously you can you know yeah. uh tip us or or monthly subscribe or whatever it's doing it within the app and you can do it from the gate and they're looking to add different things like that as it goes on and and rolls out and that kind of stuff but from the get you can tip your favorite podcaster without going and, through a third party that's huge and listen if moonbeam figures out how to be some sort of podcasting link tree and or whatever what have you patreon I, whatever yeah, yeah. What, if they can combine a half a dozen of their services along with the discovery feature because i don't know that the discovery feature in and of itself is enough to drive people to download the app because like i said my perspective is that their number one problem isn't getting people interested in podcasts, but getting people interested in their dumb app. Not dumb. Right. Don't me, I don't mean dumb. What I mean is their new app trying to help people discover podcasts. And my other question or thought is, at some point in time, Moonbeam is going to have to figure out how to monetize themselves, and I want to be there. When they, what do you do? You know? Well, first thing they have to fix is they have to... Our show is not currently discoverable on it. Again, it's two days in, but we should have been on day one. That's my first problem. So, if you work of at Moonbeam out there and you're listening to this episode, get on it. Okay? That's, well, that's specifically first Paul. Fastest Paul. growing business news podcast in the world. That's correct. We are not currently claimable on the Moonbeam map. Not only that, we are the largest and the stupidest... I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm just I, so they, there is a there is something there is a legitimate. This isn't solutionism. 
there is a problem. Not a problem. But there is they are providing a legitimate solution in the sense that people who like podcasting want to find new podcasts sometimes. Correct. I think. That is kind of me going back on my previous statement because maybe I'm just a guy who's like, I have too many varied interests. So, like, I can't, you know, there's a car podcast that I listen to, but I don't really like that guy because he gets a little political. And mm -hmm. I just wish he wouldn't because he's stupid. But I, I want to know about the cars. Then I like the political stuff. It's just too many things. I don't got but time if it for makes, this. If it makes, and look, this is why TikTok exists. This is why TikTok went through the roof is it gives you little pieces of easily, easily consumable information, right? TikTok okay. originally 60 seconds, right? Right. And so you, you get full bits of information, even on our TikToks. And again, Danny, not a TikTok guy. I know he knows of it, but not a TikTok guy. I put together all of our TikTok content. That's correct. I'm able to take a piece of one of our stories, make right. it 60 seconds and fit in just as much of the, you know what I mean, quick, yeah. either funny or informative information, and they get just enough to know whether they like it or not, and then they move on, right? And then they can follow a path to get the full episodes or whatever. I think this, if they market it right, right? And oh, by the way, of those tipping they're doing right now, the company itself, Moonbeam, is not taking any cut right now. That, that's for now. Okay. I think. It doesn't matter. The point is... Yeah. It's a it's a benefit, right? right? But if they market it directly to people, hey, look, if you if you want to get to know what podcasting is about as far as consuming that information, if this is if they can if they can sell it to the people out there wanting to either grow their podcast listening or want to get into pot, what is it about, right? Why right. do so many people like it? If they can target those people, I think it could do well. So do I. And the reason this was on our show list is because I'm excited about this pod, this this app's future, right? Mm -hmm. And I see our, our our rise to recognition and our you know the rocket ship. The reason I included this is because I I think this is in, exciting for us. Absolutely, there, I think it's exciting. Period. Listen, there is nothing more meta than people who do a business and marketplace news podcast like us, the leaders in the industry, talking about an app that helps you, the podcast listener, discover podcasts in which we discuss how we're going to be on the platform and get people like you to discover our podcasts. It's about podcasting. That is true. I, it's, in inception, every way. Oh. it's inception inside of Tenant. So. That's gonna be that's gonna be one of our upcoming this week TikToks right there that roundabout you just made. Thank you. <laughs> Do you. Have you? I'm gonna tell everybody about Big Man Gear. Are you ready, the Big Man? I, I am ready for Big Man Gear. Always go ahead. So Big Man Gear is this guy's idea of a funny merchandise brand, and even though he is a probationary co-host here, um, and he is very close to losing his seat. I do allow him to talk, you know, I do allow him uh, to, to bring on his sponsor. Um, it is his idea of every corny dad joke and meme on a t-shirt, and they are actually kind of, they're okay. They're, they're pretty good. I'm just saying we're I two like sponsors them. in. I'm responsible for both of them. You've already admitted on camera. Who's really well, in charge here? That's our all I'm former, saying. Our former lead-in was one of mine. Um, nonetheless, you can go to bigmangear.com. It'll send you to Amazon Prime, uh, and if and you can order them Amazon Prime because who doesn't need a shirt that informs the viewing public that you get your business news from these two people? 
Absolutely. Also, we're geniuses. Well, one of us, I have enough genius for the both of us. I'm carrying this organization's genius power. <laughs> so shared genius is what you're saying. Well, I'm the intellectual horsepower of this podcast. You're just here. We can all tell. Yeah. Uh, so this next story, uh, one of my favorites, uh, because I love making... I, there's nothing I enjoy more than in finding catering stories to things that will piss off the big man, right? <laughs> and he is the Go opposite. Ahead. I am one of these people who is, I just call myself security conscious. Um, and, you know, I have Conspiracy a sense. theorist. No. Everybody's out am, to get me. That's incorrect. They all want everything. Go no. ahead. I just have a sense of awareness about the world that we live in, that there are um, actors, and not I don't mean like, you know, Hollywood actors. I just mean people whose mm. behavior is intentioned on har their harmful actors in our society and if you can do something to thwart their activities or prevent them from from harming you good on you right and there is a sure. limit and and i am a, i'm a reasonable person there's a limit we i mean the best thing we can all do the greatest way to encrypt communication is not to communicate whatsoever never talk Correct. to anyone ever <laughs> but amazon yes, web services <laughs> right but we're we can't do that so not realistic, I, but yes, very true. So I have actually used this app as opposed to the last time we talked about an encrypted app was Wired. And mm -hmm. it continues to blow my mind how many encrypted apps for chat messaging there are. Well, this is one of the this is one of the bi first big ones out there, right? I mean, it was it was before WhatsApp. I mean, it was before all up uh, all these before other signal, ones out there for signal. Sure. Yeah, so it was it was one of the first ones out there, and like a lot of firsts, look, this has the same problem in growth that WhatsApp has. We've talked about this the last right. month or so with some of these Wire being acquired. Is they never found a audience because of the pay, right? However, they find it on the the not entrepreneurs the enterprise the, side, right? Right. Department of Justice still uses this app today. Right, because of its encryption and that kind of stuff. And look, Amazon is just an AWS, right? Amazon Web Services Cause, is because Amazon is them. not even Amazon is not really what who is acquiring this app. It's AWS. It's so, AWS. So what's what's fascinating about this is most people don't know what AWS is, but they absolutely have an app on their phone that without AWS doesn't exist. Correct. So what's where what's why this is interesting is this app is super important because it was one of the first big as i distinctly recall somebody who needed help with a specific thing and he was like hey do you have wicker i was like what is that he's like what's well, encrypted mm -hmm. chat app i was like well i have this other one he's like just click this download it and find me i was like okay and then he proceeded to ask me a question for which i can't even repeat nor did i have an answer at the time <laughs> but um What's unfortunate is this is an important app. Encryption <clears throat> is important to your privacy and your freedom. But this app didn't have enough traction to survive on its own and had to get acquired by, you know, El Diablo. Well, okay, but look, the different sides. Look, this app which I appreciate in that one it was a pioneer, but two, it it combined two types of what I would call encryption. One's really encryption, the other's just a benefit. And what it did was not only it's encrypted from end to end, 
right? User to user. It right. also deleted from everywhere afterwards. So you combine. Now, again, I say that's not encryption, but it is. It's getting rid of, right? right. So yeah. the, the company itself nor the users can go back and, and pull, get yeah. information in any way. So I like that what it's did. Now, it being acquired by Amazon Web Service, like the devil, whatever, it makes sense. I, my specific Why word go was, out and invent it when you can just acquire it? Right, and it's part of this is, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about wacky, sky-high valuations that make no sense for apps or products or services that no one is ever going to use with wide mm -hmm. distribution. And it's just the, it's the, again, this, it comes back to an, like kind of an Austrian economics kind of perspective, which is value is subjective, right? People will value this thing on the, like, you know, for $8 billion and it doesn't make any money. On the other hand, here's an app that probably, you know, turns around some sort of profit, actually has a service that I understand and that people should be using, that the average consumer in their home, iPhone, Android, whatever, you should probably have this a app like this to communicate with people. Now, the biggest problem about having a podcast with a dinosaur like the big man is he's like, no, we'll just use regular open SMS that's designed. So, you know, just so that we can end up on a watch list and I'm listen, no, man, no, I'm not you end up on a watch list. Not we brother, you because of the dumb things you say, look, I, I them look aws getting this and then they say okay look a couple of different things one they have not disclosed how much they paid for it which means like, they didn't so, pay a lot i really well, think but you that say that i th i think it doesn't necessarily mean anything except for they don't want to tell you right i i mean i, I don't, don't think, think they anything. paid a lot for this um based on the the valuations we've seen here recently you don't think they paid a lot of money for something I that is probably the only profitable encryption app out there you don't think they paid no, a crap ton I, of money no i think we're talking under half a billion for this i think i think that's crazy but then apparently it's it happened in a way that when this article came out which i think is just yesterday as of right. the 25th recording the show it came out yesterday they are already on Amazon saying this is going to be available for their AWS Customer. clients immediately. That's correct. And that nothing's changing for the existing clients of the company, yada, yada. Right. That's a more difficult thing than you think. So for them to be that ready to go. Now, they didn't mention in any article that I could find because I went searching because it wasn't in the article you sent me. They right. didn't mention any kind of, well, what is this going to cost any AWS right. client? right to sign up for or to right. use there's no mention of cost price nothing that i could find anywhere out there so um wicker just raised around 60 million dollars in funding according to PitchBook. um so i i don't and i'm assuming that those investors were happy to take this to an exit yeah, they turned like around said, and got their money back plus, I guarantee you. You know what I mean? Right. But like I said, I don't think that this is is going to be a huge boon in terms of uh, profit. Here's the other thing. AWS has government, Amazon in general has government contract, right? And I think that this is just them playing nice with their existing 
Or, well, but government contracts come in slices, right? Like, yeah. just because you have a government contract doesn't mean you're eligible for all government contracts. That's correct. This could just as easily been an acquisition, acquisition not only of this business, but of those contracts. Like, all those DOD right. contracts roll right over, and now, all of a sudden, Amazon has a communications government right. contract as well with any other that they may currently have. Right. And it, yeah, because once they go through the effort of getting the what would other be you know otherwise be referred to as like you know they have a clearance or what have mm -hmm. you, um, once they go through that that difficult process of being able to put them make themselves eligible for government contracts, which is why I think that this is defined as AWS is acquiring this, not Amazon, because right they want to separate themselves. Yeah, because AWS first of all is the most profitable part of Amazon's entire It's where portfolio. most of their profit comes from. Um, right. I, I look, but they, they it may be worth the money to AWS just for that clearance, that contract. Right. I literally have a buddy of mine that owns, he, him and his father invented a different type of radio system, right? right? Like kind of CB radio, but a completely different type of radio communication right. system. It took them... A little over 18 months to get government clearance. The DOD has come in and literally bought, well, patented, right? Basically, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Uh, not franchising, acquired. but uh, acquired. They, they're essentially paying, licensing the technology for okay. DOD, right? It took them a little over 18 months to get Just the to get, clearance. Yeah. And that's when the DOD wanted the product. And right. it took them over 18 because it's not something they had. So they had to go through every jump. And since that, that, They've gotten that clearance and started doing that. They've right. been approached four different times to be acquired just because they have that. Yeah. So once you get through that clearancing process and, and you know, whatever government agency says, hey, you're allowed to sell this, this widget, of whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, that adds a ton of value because, like you said, it takes 18 months because nothing moves faster than a bureaucratic government. Mm -hmm. So I just, but the reason I continue to find the stories about encrypted messaging fascinating or interesting or pertinent to our to our listeners is, I want to know why you people aren't using any of these apps. Because why is there possible. no consumer? No, it's hold that on. simple. Why is there no consumer demand? I would happily pay a small fee for an encrypted app that isn't interested because. If I'm paying them, then they're not interested in selling my data, right? And then right. they're right. So Mark Cuban came out with Dust several years ago. I still have a Dust account. I talked to a couple people on there. But I'm just saying, you know, my curiosity is why are there not more people who are paranoid enough to be using this kind of thing? Because, and this is non-racial statement, you are the minority in every way imaginable on this show. You yeah. are the minority. You are the conspiratorial. You think all that these things. Look, the fact is, as long as Facebook still exists, your point is in invalid, right? Yeah, as long as as long as Facebook, TikTok, and everything else exists, your point is invalid. People have shown over and over and over again that as long as it's free to them, how it's paid for for them to have access to is irrelevant to them even though we all know anybody with any kind of intelligence knows that they pay for it you are the you are the data that they are selling the to their product. advertisers you're the product you are the product so we all know it 
We all still right. continue to use them. So until that changes, you it won't. And, and I don't know that it ever will because it, for it to change, it will take some kind of there've been we've talked about this before. They'll take some kind of governmental interference, essentially giving you ownership of your own data. There's been a couple of different bills proposed in different ways. It says, okay, social media apps are going to in some way have to compensate customers for their data that they're collecting again none of it has gotten very far but that right. would be the only way i would see out is okay. forcing not 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 relying on people to do it but doing it for them in some way correct okay that's that's the only way i would see that for anyway i think that brings us to a natural conclusion of that encryption never going to be widely used story that danny well, keeps punching me in the face with well, we, I mean, we keep, here's the thing. You can say whatever you want, but week after week, month after month, this show continues to have stories about encrypted chat. So, just saying. I don't think we're going to run out of encrypted. We're going to have to look at, relook at the intern that's uh, in charge of the accruing these stories. Well, I think uh, your probationary period might be coming to a close if those are your thoughts. <laughs> Oh, look at that. Keller Zabel's on the phone. One moment. I look really, really scared. Uh, I want to tell you about my new website, workinghomestuff.com. Not just because of the panini, but for so many other reasons. People are going to continue to work from home. If that's you, I think you're figuring out you might need a new desk. You might need a new chair. we got a bunch of reviews on our website. Help you pick out the right chair, the right desk for you and your work. Workathomestuff.com. I love the the domain. Workathomestuff.com. Well, there's going to be a lot more stuff on there. We're adding more stuff all the time. That's a benefit of having a name like Stuff. That's right. <laughs> Everything is stuff, and stuff mm -hmm. is from home. All right. What's our next dumb story, Danny? Okay, this is not a dumb story. The last one was not a dumb story, and the one before that wasn't a dumb story. Without these <laughs> stories, we don't have a show. And without our show, we're just two guys walking around without a podcast. I'm questioning all of it as we speak. Go ahead. I question every all of my life's choices. Uh, Walmart is facing a lawsuit from everyone's favorite rapper and former presidential candidate, Kanye West. Uh, Kanye West and I are personal friends. We've known each other You can actually years. make that statement after I said, <laughs> tell us the next dumb story with a straight face. You right. mentioned Walmart and Kanye West in the same statement, and you right. don't think this is a dumb story, but go ahead. No, and my my byline for the story was Kanye West versus the Walton family at all. I thought yeah. it was a funny byline. Yeah, it, it is. Poor Kanye doesn't understand that Walmart is now just a platform, walmart.com, mm -hmm. now just a platform like Amazon, and is pursuing a lawsuit with them because a pair of sneakers, I don't even know that we can call them sneakers, a pair of footwear. Yeah, footwear yeah. is about as close as you can get to what he's talking about. Of course, we're, look, we're talking about Yeezys, right? Yes. Talking about Yeezys, this, and specifically the foam runner right. Yeezys, right? Yeah. And this is the dumbest looking shoe I've ever seen in my entire That's life. That's correct. Why anybody would it purchase is, these. I don't understand, but... These are the shoe, if any of you saw the Kanye West, uh, Joe Rogan episode, um, he took them off of his foot and showed them to Joe Rogan, and all I could think was, get your nasty shoe off the table, Kanye West. 
they they look like somebody said, okay, what are Crocs going to look like in 2054, right? No, like, it, here's what it looks like. It looks like Crocs were designed by humans, and these Yeezys were designed right. by Elon Musk because he's an alien. Right, and he's just like, I want a shoe that is not really functional but looks really cool, right? Like, looks completely different than any other shoe out there. Look, and, and the gist of this lawsuit, and, and I want to kind of get in, because this is more, this is much bigger than just Walmart and Kanye. And That's Yeezys. what I'm saying, but you the, called it a dumb story. Well, it, it's a dumb story in, in the context of Kanye West and Walmart, right? Walmart, it, like you said, is just a platform that almost anybody at this point, like Amazon, like eBay, that anybody can just go out and put something for sale on walmart doesn't give a crap as long as they get their cut until somebody brings up a problem right and we now live in a world a copycat world where look if you take any popular trend and look this isn't going to stop here recently just with this you take any popular almost anything and there is a chinese manufacturer which a lot of these are coming from Chinese manufacturers in the first place, that copycats it, builds up an inventory, and then just ships it, creates a dummy corporation, which, guess what? This, um, what is it? Dayfi, Dayfi, whatever the name of the... Dayful, Dayful they're called. Dayful, okay. Dayful, which is the company that... Walmart's already came out clean. Look, we got nothing to do with this. And as of today, which is the day after the filing, you can no longer find these on walmart.com. Right? They're gone as of today. But here's the point. I actually went and looked, and it's not easy. Right? You can't just put in Dayful, because Dayful is only available on Walmart.com. These weren't the Mm -hmm. only shoes that they're selling. You can find other Dayful shoes. And what they do is they make these knockoffs, these, these... whatever that made probably in the same factory they ship them under put them under a different name and then sell as many as they can and then when the lawsuit comes up if it ever comes up they just close the company because it's a shell company in this case i had to go all the way back i literally had to go all the way back to the government filing okay this is a the the dummy corp is called tangen gen hanji technology company Okay, LLC. look at you. It's a shell corp. Look at you actually pronouncing it. this, right? Uh, the address is in Tianjin, China. It's an LLC that was created literally in May. This is a dummy corp right. that they put a name on so that they could sell these, among other shoes, sell as many as they can as fast as they can, and if a problem arises, they just, well, this is a this is nowhere. What are you going to do? What is Walmart going to do? What right, is Kanye so- going to do? So here's what's here's what is interesting about the entire sneaker culture and what has happened. Um, you know, Stefan Marbury, who was a basketball player in the United States, mm-hmm. um, and came out with a line of sneakers at the the, the discount store, Stephen Barry's. He said that his Starberry sneakers were manufactured in the exact same factory that Nike manufactured Jordans in. And he said, mm-hmm. we use most of the same materials, but they're $15 or whatever the heck they were. Who remembers? But what happens is, what has happened throughout the last 15 years of the rise of China becoming the world's you know, factory is that initially designs were sent off to China along with, here's how you build the machines that build the thing. Over time, they've developed their own ecosystem, and they're able to knock stuff off <clears throat> pretty well i know that you know the swiss to get a you know i'm an avid watch collector a horophile to get the swiss made stamp your your watch has to be 51 percent made or assembled in switzerland 
Okay. So Makes it sense. is it is finished forty nine percent in China. All the parts are and it's put together. Manufactured. Okay, blah blah blah. Yeah. They strip it down. They send all the parts to Switzerland and then they put it back together. See that in that in itself, I have a problem with. And I get you know like made in America or whatever. There's these whole percentages or whatever. Right. To me, it it's it's misleading, right? Like that yeah, you either in my, made it here in my or case, you Switzerland. If it's not ninety nine percent made in Swiss, then it shouldn't be able to be called yeah. made in Swiss. If it's not ninety nine percent made in America, it should be able to have right. the type made in America. Now so, I get it, but I, I got into an argument about this once with a friend uh, who's like, well. I bought a Chevy truck because I wanted to buy something American. And I was like, well, made open in the door. Let's look at the tag. Made in Mexico. Now open up the door of a Tundra and you look at the tag. Made in San Antonio, San Texas. San Antonio, Texas. That's right, baby. <laughs> that's that's right. why you can't find one for less than 50 grand right now. Right. Well, but, that's why I drive a Tundra. People ask me all the time, didn't you want an American truck? I'm like, that's the most American truck I've ever owned it, in my life. It, it literally And is, I'm a Chevy is, guy, a GMC yeah, guy yeah. since I was little. That's the most American-made truck I've ever had in my entire life. It's a Toyota Tundra. But but that's my point is, is so people don't – in this case, you had – and I don't know why Crocs hasn't filed a lawsuit against Kanye West. It's their technology. Right. He just made it look a little. The imprint, the foam imprint, yeah. is all that's different. That's Everything right. else is exactly a Croc. It's just so a I don't croc, know why yeah. they. And now he partnered with Adidas. Adidas is technically making them for him, right? right. So they're making but they're them in Adidas them. factories. So part of this, the, the, I wanted to discuss, which was. The United States and America is starting to realize the true cost of low-cost manufacturing in China, which is mm -hmm. American intellectual property, which, you know, I hate to put... I, I'm not a collectivist, so I hate to put us all in the same boat, but we are developing things at a scale that maybe other places are not, but we don't... We effectively have no control over our intellectual property because we no. don't have any control over our manufacturing supply chain because... Exactly. For a lot of different reasons. So the, the predicament we're seeing is, and here's the thing, Dayful isn't going to sell these at Walmart.com anymore, but Playful or Glayful or some company that's just the exact, all of a that, they already now, built. when this is all died down. Right. You're going to go on Wish.com and order, you can already buy these, right? For 13 bucks, You can buy yes. these same knockoffs from the same people on yeah ebay on a bunch of different websites still today they're not on walmart.com but right. like you said on something else and look they've already probably through walmart sold and shipped god knows how many of these and you're right because the manufacturing they manufacture like i said these in bulk at such a low cost that even if they have to throw away half the inventory they shipped it to america the yeah. american shell company gets shut down and they have to just destroy the rest of them they've made millions and millions of dollars that's correct well, they, and here's the other thing, you know, we all know this from shopping on Amazon. There are some incomprehensible names for products on Amazon. And mm. maybe we'll, we'll have an individual episode where we're just going to roast some of these names because I've ordered some of these things. <laughs> and I don't, there's, there's an X and a P next to each other. How do you pronounce that? We don't have these letters go together in America. Well, but they don't carry as long as it functions. And look, this is actually there are there are Amazon. You know how you have these people out there that teach how to make money on Amazon or whatever. One of those Amazon business models is to find trending items 
go on to Alibaba, right, whatever, these right. Chinese manufacturers that have probably already knocked off whatever it is you're looking at trending, Correct. buy it in bulk for next to nothing, and then push right. it on Amazon just as, as much as you – so they, they're promoting this as a business model, right? Right. So you and, – and if you sell 20% of your inventory, you've made money. Right. So it doesn't have to last the whole time. So they're right. promoting this as a business model. This is going to happen over. And like you said, intellectual property is almost a non – it's a non-issue for the rest of the world. It's an issue in America, but the right. rest of the world, there's a guy that works at the Yeezy Adidas factory in China that right. goes, I'm going to walk across the street with one of these shoes because right. nobody's watching me. Nobody cares. They're going right. to give me money because that's what they do is that, you know, they steal the intellectual. And then they're going to make these and do this model over and over and over. And until you take control over manufacturing, right. which it's hard to beat the cheap labor and, you know what I mean, that stuff. Well, I, you're not going to have control of your product. I think that, that, it, that it's true that, but I do read things on the other hand. I think America is poised to bring back manufacturing at scale. Because we're going to have enough people who don't have skills to go to work in a lot of other fields and that they will accept lower wages. And in our next story, we'll tie in kind of why that, where, where I think that's starting to make sense. But I think that the, the, the hallmark of this story isn't that Kanye West is suing Walmart because they, on their Walmart.com platform, had a, a knockoff of his foam runners, okay? Um, and by the way, I'm an avid wearer of, of Adidas sneakers. Refuse to wear Yeezys. I like Yeezy. I like Kanye West. See, that's I like surprising to me. I would definitely... Danny, for those of you out there watching, Danny is that guy that likes certain shoes. He likes certain right. cars. He, you right. know, very into shoes specifically. He's one of those sneakerhead kind of guys. I, well, I right? used to be, but I really... When I got into watches, I was like, I got to pick one hobby. Well, but again, you're just that kind of like again, right, you yeah. like certain things or whatever. So yeah, it made yeah. sense to me that you put this on there because Yeezys, there is an argument, and again, I'm all for people making money however they want to make money. There right. is a second and a third market for stuff like Yeezys, right? For yeah, people that, buy them for a hundred dollars or what, a couple of hundred bucks, whatever they buy them, them for, for yeah. from the you know showroom floor. There's a secondary market that pays hundreds of dollars. And a third market that, in some cases, pays thousands of dollars. And so, like the the first young, first run of um, the the three fifties, and there was the other one that was kind of like looked like a boot. The market they were into the thousands, and Kanye himself repeatedly said that he forced Amazon or, or Adidas into a deal where there was going to be enough supply that there wouldn't be a secondary market that you could just go buy a pair for hundred dollars or whatever, but. Adidas at first constricted the market and made, you know, enforced that secondary market. His goal was not to have a Jordan style secondary market. And the collaboration he initially did with Nike, those shoes sell for thousands. There was a pair of fresh red Octobers that went up on Walmart.com about five years ago. They were $6,000. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Whether he intended or not, some markets are what it is. Right, right. And if somebody's willing that. to give you five thousand dollars for a pair of Jordans that have been worn four times by three different right. people, right? Then that's what they're willing to pay. Well, Good they on were you. brand new. They were called brand new, but they were the Kanye West Red Octobers, the Easy Red Octobers. Yeah, yeah. 
you know good on you make money how yeah. you can but and i i look i was afraid you wanted to talk about this story from a kanye west yeezy standpoint instead of how it actually applies to the world at large no and this is not something that's going away i think you're going to see more and more of this which is guess what we live in a world of buyer beware we try to continue right. to tell people when you buy when you purchase on the when you purchase in a store you, look go into Walmart the standing store or go yeah. into Kohl's or where Target wherever you go to shop for something just because you're in store is no longer safe you right. buyer beware you need to know that that off brand toy that whatever, you're picking up yeah. whatever Has, it may be could have anything in it could have been made anywhere could be well, whatever yeah so i uh, you know, I was just traveling a little bit, and I wanted to buy something for my nephew. And I was like, you know what? I did this a while ago. I was traveling internationally, and I was like, oh, I wanted to buy this tchotchke. And I was like, oh, I have internet access here. I go on the Wi-Fi. I look this thing up on Amazon. It's 50% off. I ordered it from the airport. It got there before I got home. Right? I was like, why am I buying anything? So, like, that right. whole concept to me was, like, like it's gone. But anytime I go to buy anything now, I'm like, wait, if I can just get this on Amazon or somewhere else where I can return it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the but listen, I think that, you know, in closing the story out, I think we have to remember one thing. Be a little wackier because it worked out for Kanye West. It's worked out for a lot of companies, apparently, including this one out of Tianjin, China. Yeah. But I did want to just there's one thing I did want to say is that because you know, I, I, for, I neglected to say this earlier, but because we have so much of our supply chain, including the design side, we have to, you know, in partnering with Chinese manufacturing, they have to kind of understand how to design things or what have you. We have, we have effectively built supply chain for a foreign nation, which now kind of understands, screw intellectual property. We can knock off an easy, a Yeezy sneaker that is so close to it, it. It it carries the spirit of the Yeezy sneaker, but isn't a Yeezy sneaker, right? And there's no court in the world that would say, "Well, that's a Yeezy sneaker." It'll just say, "That's like that year of Hyundai Sonata where it got really good, where the front of it was looked like it was from a Mazda and the back of it looked like it was from a Honda." It's like, mm -hmm. well, there's not a court that's going to say that's a knockoff because that's it's it's to me. Look, look, this is to me feels like an old-fashioned um, money laundering scam, right? Okay. Like, I'm going to do... I'm going to create these knockoffs because I know the Americans will buy them, and all uh, of that money is going where? Perfectly right. clean. Back to yeah. China, right? It yeah. feels like a mobster... Money you know what I mean? Like, you know. money laundering. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying right. when you put it in that light, like, I'm going right. to I'm gonna do something really cheap because it's popular, I'm going to send right. it over to the Americans. I know the right. Americans are going to buy it because it's $25 instead of 100 bucks, right? right? And it looks very similar. And nobody that looks at it too much is going to, you know what I mean? No. And right. all Americans want something that's cool, right? You know what I mean? Popular and whatever. And then all that money ends up back in China. The American money ends up back in China where it all started. What's it new, It feels right? like a mob scam, laundering, you know, laundering kind of thing. That's all I'm saying. To quote the former something or other of the United States... Uh, I want to tell you people, you people specifically, but up yours club because up yours. Why's it got to be you people, Danny? Why's it got to be correct. you people? That's uh, correct. The very exclusive up yours club is free to join right now for anyone 
who simply just wants to get on our email list or give us a one-time donation or an ongoing donation. We really are huge fans of money. Give us your money. Um, also, you can go to upyoursclub.com. Like I said, join for free by giving us something as simple as your email address. You know why I like drinking out of a cup? What's that? Well, first of all, up yours for asking. Um, mm-hmm. And second, you don't know what's in here. That's correct. I don't know what's in there, but it's probably water. <laughs> I'm not saying. Go ahead. Uh, What's our last story for the day? uh, This last story comes to us from the big man himself. He was allowed, even though it was a probie, he was allowed to uh, offer a story this week. Um, And, uh, you know, this is one of those where we're going to argue and we're going to have a different opinion, and that's fine. But I do think this is... And I am now going to go down the slightly conspiratorial but entirely provably factual. You continue to say you're not a conspiracy theorist, but you continue to have the conspiracy theory behind your thoughts. So the World World Economic Forum back in 2015 or 16 had a tweet. um, and It was actually the quote of, uh, of a politician somewhere in northern Europe. I forget where. It was something along the lines of, you'll have no privacy, you'll own nothing, and you'll love it. And um, that's, again, this is something that's o- that the World Economic Forum has openly discussed. You can go to World Economic Forum slash Great Reset, and you can read all about how they kind of view the world coming out of the Panini and how we can move to a world where people don't own anything. Globalism, yada, yada, yada. Whatever. And I'm not saying that's a conspiracy or not a conspiracy. Here's all I'm saying. I don't even know who the World Economic Forum is. They sound like a bunch of wackos. I would never let these people have dinner at my house. Um, and I don't want to know what's in their dungeon basements. But <clears throat> I'm just telling you what they said. Those, okay. okay? Okay. So those, those, are, those are irrevocable facts that they said what I just said. I effectively right. quote them verbatim. I'll take your word for <clears throat> it. Okay. Now, there is a small community... Not a small community, but a a sizable community. 222 houses Mm -hmm. outside of Phoenix, about 20 miles outside of Phoenix, where the rent starts at $1,400, and the entire community is designed to never be owned by an individual. The entire community is designed to be renter first. And the big man sent me this article, and it's his view that first-time home buying and the activity of home buying, and he's a real estate agent, and so there's, you know, his, he might have a bias, but he might have also got into the industry because he really believes in the ownership of a home, how that contributes to growing wealth, and how millennials, people in my generation, might be left out of that wealth-growing activity because we simply aren't buying enough homes, and how more and more millennials are moving to the suburbs but we're not buying the suburbs. We're renting the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And I have my own view on this, but because this was his story, I'll let him go first. And um, I'm going to try to pay attention, but I'm probably going to crack my back and fall asleep. Well, look, there's a couple of aspects to the story where I don't think it's completely a bad thing in in the context of the story. This story actually is one of the well what i would consider well well written story right that kind of goes over a couple of different aspects this is not the first but it is a growing trend currently the built to rent 
and look, this is going all over. There's actually a community in Fort Worth. It's about a third of the community is this way. The idea, and there was a stair step in the middle here in Austin several years ago. They started building what they called condo communities. Condo to me was typically an apartment kind of looking. But here in Austin, they started calling them condo communities because in Texas, condos gives the ability of the community to do things like handymen for the entire neighborhood and that kind of stuff so they called they only classified them as condos but they were single family homes they were independently homes the problem with it is the reason they never really gained traction is the cost of that maintenance and everything outside of your home. The right. HOA fees in a condo community of single family homes right. is three, four, five, six hundred dollars a month, right? right? Because they handle everything. They mow your lawn, they trim the bushes, they paint the exterior of your home and make sure it's upkept. Like anything on the exterior is the way it's written here in the central Texas area. So this right. is kind of a variation on that, except for making it an HOA fee, they include that fee in your rent. It's just the rent. So the reason I like this, okay, is um, I'm of the mindset that the single-family home is not the great investment for the for the single-family homeowner. It's a great investment for the bank. Um, and I'm not I'm not anti. I'm I'm as pro. Why can't both green. of those things be true? Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not that. In every transaction that there's a winner and a loser, it's simply that in the transaction of a single-family home, I don't believe that, that, that the equity that grows in the home is the best thing for millennials. Now, let me just go back and, and draw a parallel here. 52% of millennials say they regret the amount of debt it took for them to go to college to the extent that they regretted going to college altogether. Because so many of my peers are working in fields that didn't exist when we went to college. Well, but there's no return on an investment there, that that was the lie that they were told. On homes, though, rarely is there not a return on the investment. So that, I, I, so that's a when difference. You start, there's a difference. Okay. So there is the pure economics of home ownership, right, in which you have to factor in things like hours spent maintaining the lawn because that's time, Right. Hours spent maintaining your home is something you have to factor in. And then you have to factor in maintenance if you're because most people don't buy a brand new house. You're buying sure. a used you know, it, it and they're gonna it's a house. Something's gonna break. It's not it's not the end of the world. Eventually um, an air a high dollar item's gonna break. Your roof needs yes. to be replaced, a air water conditioner heater, blows out, whatever. Whatever. And it's just one of those things. And you know, you have to have X number of dollars on hand at all times if you're to be financially um, responsible. You should have a, a certain amount of money budgeted for those incidents. Otherwise, mm -hmm. that's why a guy like Dave Ramsey says you really shouldn't go into buying a home unless you have a decent backlog of capital to cover like six months worth of expenses. Because water heater breaks, that's not, you should just know it's going to break, Right. Well, so. there's ways to mitigate that with home warranties, blah, blah. Look, the point is, is is I believe Danny thinks I'm completely against renting and I'm not. No, I, I don't no think that. I have no problem with this type of community. It, it There mm -hmm. is a there is a customer base out there for this, especially right. in that you are now moving into a community. You know everyone around you is in the same boat as you renters. You right. know that the community is going to be maintained because the community right. maintains itself. And so I'm not against this idea. What I am concerned about is that it's 
it's potentially supposed to exponentially grow over the next couple of decades. Right. And it's fine when it makes up 6 to 10% of a large society environment out there. If it gets to 25 or 30 or 35, it becomes the develop like we talked about this before here in the central Texas. Right now, right. the majority of homes being bought, overpriced homes being bought, which are, are bought by right funds, now, are bought. being bought by funds. Right? Yeah. They're not being bought. So if you get to a point where you're 25, 30 percent of these kind of developments, they right. could essentially because they're buying in bulk, so it doesn't matter what the price is, can push home ownership so high right. that no one can afford it. That no yeah. one. And so, it. so that is a problem, and that is something that we should consider. But I am just going to propose this also as a consideration that people should have. If you pay off your mortgage, you still have to rent the land from the government because you got to pay property taxes. So you never really own this piece of land, right? You're just mm -hmm. renting it until the government decides you don't get to have it anymore. And that is Danny's I'm, perspective, not sure, mine, but of Danny's course. perspective. And for a hundred years, we felt that we had certain kinds of freedoms. And in the last five or four years, certain groups of people who thought we had certain freedoms are learning that, well, maybe those aren't freedoms you thought you had. Again, and Danny's I, opinion, not yeah, mine. Those, those are my opinions. Opinion. But I also drew a circle around it and said nothing specific. So no one really understands what I just said or who I'm referring to. <laughs> oh, I I'm do. just, well, you do. But so here's what I, here's what I am getting at, though, is. Millennials who are burdened by this mortgage-sized student loans. So if you go out there and you meet yourself a gal or you meet a guy or whatever, and you guys decide, okay, we're going we're gonna to get married, we're, we're going to do whatever. If you're a guy, getting married is a scam, so don't do that. It's just a ticket to pay an alimony. So, um, <laughs> you are so negative. So not negative unbelievably negative. I am. So Danny optimistic. is also single for all of you ladies out there that heard that, yeah, right? You know, sort of. He's also single um, where I'm a happily married 20-plus years man. But go ahead. Yeah. I don't believe so, that at all. So what I'm saying, though, is if you're, if you're in that boat, you're so much better off trying to get a handle on that because, first of all, you have to recognize how stupid that decision was. If you're a guy and you meet a gal and she's like, this is the greatest decision I ever made and she's $125,000 in student debt and has a master's in education – don't even date her though but you are much better off renting nice and getting to know a handle. that you love you know that love conquers all danny that is love conquers nothing okay okay all right yeah. love's not whoever all you said, need apparently for wh danny whoever whoever told you that love is all you need and follow your heart those people are stupid follow the money get paid again danny's single it's all well, coming full circle so, here uh, um yeah but what i'm getting at though is if you're, you know, and, and this was true in 2019, but it's not true today, but it was true in 2019, which is that if, if you live in Austin, Texas, and a company in Phoenix or your company says, if you want to relocate to Phoenix, there's an extra 20 or 30,000 bucks in it for you per year. No. If you're carrying so much flipping debt uh, as a, from student loans, you need to take every opportunity to incrementally increase your income, to include side hustles and so on. So I think that for millennials, they have to be conscious of their student loan debt and delay certain activities like home buying. And also, 
we are the generation that lived through a lot of different weird things that happened to our economy. So, you know, we had a, you know, early in our, you know, teenage years, we had uh, September the 11th, which completely took the economy down. And we had just been just barely crawling out of the dot-com boom, burst and bubble cycle. Then we had 2008, which again was another. The Great Recession. That was, that was, the concept was, well, real estate always goes up, so buy it now. Well, okay, this all goes back into people believe snippets instead of getting the real information. Like, nobody that actually owns and invests in real estate believes that real estate always goes up. That statement is is a, that statement statement is a headline of something that's not necessarily true. You need to go further than that. The theory is, which is actually reality, is that when it all averages out, it always goes up, which is a fact. That is a a fact. fact. Okay. I agree with that, but here's what I am saying: is you you are always the person on this podcast who's going, well, dadgummit, man, I don't want people doing something out of fear because they're missing farm. Tell you what, that is 100 percent true. That is 100 percent. I'm just saying that that my generation has been grossly misinformed about home ownership, about university education, about a lot of things. And I agree. So for my millennial counterparts, here's all I'm trying to say, right? You believe in real estate as something you want as part of your investment portfolio. Go find the, the states where it's easiest to buy a home and it's easiest to rent a home. Go or go find a syndicated fund. If you got 50, 60, 70,000 bucks, you know, there are ways for you to benefit from the ownership of real estate while mitigating the downside risk of owning real estate and saying, hey, I'm going to go in my hometown in Ohio and buy a house. I don't know that your house in Ohio is always going to do good for you. It's a place which, so rent where you live, live where you can rent or, you know, rent where you live and, and buy where you can rent. That is my motto. There are different ways. We've all heard, and look, the things that are coming out of, as Danny likes to say, the panini, I, I look at, I think one of the things that I hope we get out of this last 18 months is that geography is less important than any of us thought was, right? If you can move to Podunk, Ohio and make more money, go make more money, right? Where the cost right. of living is lower and make more money. And but there are also other ways to invest. Like you said, there are funds out there that have been popular the last couple of years. They've, they've never made it quite to mainstream. There's several websites right. out there where you can – it's very popular to – uh, so, and it's part of uh, the whole, uh, you know, fintech uh, crowdfunding, but yeah, crowdfunding so for real estate. Just, What's that called? Let, let, yeah. So there's there's um, there's two different groups. There's two different types here. You have your syndicated real estate investing funds, and those mm. have different requirements. And if you're just getting started in your career, you may not meet the requirements for some of those because right. you kind of need to be a syndicate. You need to be a um, what, what, approved investor, certified investor, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to I have forget what the phrase is. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but you also have REITs, which are real estate investment trusts, and those are also great. I, I have some of my money in a couple different REITs. Um, none of them are sponsors, so I'm not going to shout out any of their names. But they're called e-REITs, you know, electronic REITs. Yeah, but kind of let them the, those kind of REITs and stuff are constantly changing. There are crowdfunding right. types of places where you can buy, instead of buying a rental property, buy yeah. a piece of a rental property. Now, traditionally, the most popular ones have been commercial 
right, to do that with. But you're gaining more and more as you're seeing single-family rentals go up and that ownership right. go up like that. You can go out and you can invest where you buy a slice of this a kind of A community like this. Right. And so um, and let me just throw this in there as well, you know, for, for people's consideration. If you're buying a home that's a townhouse, where I used to live in Minnesota, townhomes were, were, were a very popular type of thing. Minnesota has basements, but townhomes never had basements. There were just two floors like we would have in Texas. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you buy the townhouse, and then you're in an HOA. You're paying them a couple hundred bucks a month. Um, and then you can't, you're not allowed to do anything to this house. The exterior has to say exactly how they you want do it. whatever you want inside. Very little, though. Things very little. The HOA has to approve what you do inside. You can change the floors, but you can't move walls because these are structurally these are structural walls shared with a neighbor. So you're paying property taxes. You're paying HOAs. These two things never go away. You can pay the property off, but you still got to pay these two things. And you uh, can't okay. do anything you want there, right? Again, and if you, you like to argue sometimes about what should be versus well, what no. is. No, okay, I'm what saying is, here, is here's that's what I'm the saying. case. So. I'm saying that's the situation. And for a lot of first-time home buyers going into a situation where they can buy their first house, it's going to be in a situation where there's a restrictive HOA. Your exhaust is too loud on your car. You, got, you had too many girls over at your house and they had too many cocktails, so they're out barfing on the lawn, whatever it is. These aren't scenarios that have happened to me. I'm just saying, one time I repeatedly said, hey, Anna, don't back your car into my car. What did Anna do? Put her car in reverse, boom, hit my car. I specifically said, don't hit my car. And she did it. Danny is one of those people that is automatically angry about every worst-case scenario. The okay. fact is, is 99% no, no, no. so, of the time, worst-case scenarios don't let me, happen. Let me just explain something, okay? Go ahead. If I personally am in a situation where I have little to no control over the direction of a property that I technically own, I have all the liability of ownership, but very few of the freedoms that come with ownership. So my family owns a home. They decide we're putting up a shed in the backyard. I'm parking my my um, my Chevelle in the in the front yard. There's little to nothing my neighbors can do, you know, from stopping me from doing that. They can say, hey, "Don't do that." They Which can call is the why police. HOAs exist. So you don't Precisely. park your broken down Chevelle in your front yard. Okay. So if I'm in a scenario where I'm where I have to put a down payment down. I got to pay HOA fees. I'm paying the property taxes. I have all the liabilities of ownership, none of the freedoms of ownership. I'm telling you that if you kind of look at that scenario and you're logical, not emotional, okay? I don't care. Your girlfriend's parents say you should own a home because that's the only way to gain wealth. Those ding-dongs got hurt, got their daughter to get a master's degree in uh, public education, and they're, they're going to saddle you with that debt later, Okay. They don't do math. They're stupid boomers. Don't listen to them. I don't know that the value proposition of ownership is truly there in that scenario. Whereas if I can go rent for fifteen hundred bucks a month, it is every maintenance what's and every maintenance issue that comes along is somebody else's problem. And painting it and maintenance and all that other stuff is somebody else's issue. And it's a lock and leave community, right? I can just lock the door, I can take off to the Caribbean for two months, whatever that is. Absolutely. I think there is a value proposition there where you concentrate that money that you save to own a home and you put it into funnel into other investments and you that's, find you're assuming that that happens. 
That's the problem. We just talked about on so this podcast right. where people won't pay $2 to have their data, which is the most valuable asset you have. Right. They won't pay $2 a month to protect that data, and you think anyone is renting and saving. So what you I'm realize exactly. how small of a percentage that is? That's correct. So I'm just saying if you're in the category of, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, or husband, wife, and you guys are looking at that first time home and you have 60, 70,000 bucks or 50,000, whatever that is saved up, you're going to go buy that first house. In so many cities in the United States of America, even if it's more expensive to rent based on a monthly cost or whatever, this is something that I just want you to consider, which is I, I got to pay for all the maintenance. I got to do all this stuff. I got to pay the HOA. I can't do anything I want to this house, right? So all of the freedom that used to come with home ownership, I don't have. I got to keep paying the taxes. Okay, I live in an HOA. You were you were so far off on your ideals of how those things work. But all right, okay. okay the fact the fact Simple is, enough. Simple in enough. the scenario, go, in go the scenario that you paint, that you hey, can rent, YouTube. be nimble. Go. Hold on, that you can rent and be nimble and yes. stuff. Like, the, all of those have have value, one hundred percent. And in that that finite scenario that you paint, that someone is going to rent, be nimble, so they can yes. travel the world and, and whatever, and save money. Right. You've got a point. That is not reality. That is the point zero zero one percent of people out there. That the is fact not. Is, that is, is statistically is, speaking, a person that rents typically rents because they can't own even though it's also a statistical fact that 90 percent of people that rent wish they could own there is right. that 10 percent that no i rent because i like to move around and whatever right 90 percent of people want to own they're only renting because they have to for whatever reasons it may be right, right. so so you're you're talking about a perfect world that does not exist. Okay. I mean, it's such an not... infinitesimally small amount of people that no, so... are renting that also are saving. Right. That it's it's so... infinitesimal. Your argument doesn't hold water. No, my argument holds water. It is possible, and people can do it. The fact possible. is, they're choosing. Yes. It's, they're choosing not to. Okay. They're choosing not to. It is reality. And here's what I am saying: there is for a lot of and listen. Ten years ago or fifteen years ago. If you told me that there would be people buying up used school buses and living in them anywhere in the country as a situation that is somewhat normalized and has some sort of legs, that would be wacky to me, okay? But sure. there are those people. And if you've ever met those people, they stink. Get a shower. <laughs> Live in a place where you can bathe. But they are those people. There are the, But that's my point. We don't make you – don't, you, you cannot bet – Okay, if we were if we were making a bet right now on this podcast, a ten thousand dollar bet or a one dollar bet, it doesn't matter. We're making hey. a ten thousand dollar bet and saying that ten years from now, the people that rented from twenty twenty one to twenty thirty one, right? People that just bought into your mentality of okay, right. I've got the student loan debt, I'm just gonna rent for the next ten years and then reevaluate or whatever. But I'm telling you right now, you need to save, you need to invest over that ten years because you're not buying, you're renting. Over that 10-year span, from 2021 to 2031, the people that actually saved anything, amassed any kind of wealth, would be less than 1%. Okay, so I hear what you're saying, and all I want to do is 
I'm just using that example that there are schoolies out there. People who buy school buses, convert them into tiny homes, and live in them. There's people, okay. out, there's grown men that like My Little Pony, and they call them bronies. That doesn't make it, the. it's not the rule. It's the There's exception. too much soy in the American diet, and that completely explains <laughs> bronyism. But, I mean, wishing for what something I'm, to happen no, doesn't on. make I'm it I'm not so. wishing anything. What I'm simply saying is, I am proposing something to my peers and saying, stop listening to your dumb, dumb boomer parents or your dumb, dumb, you know, girlfriend's parents. You're not getting an parents. on that. Okay. So you, let me just really clarify what I'm trying to say. Stop listening to other people. Take a moment to consider for yourself what makes sense and then just do that because there are people who shed the, the, the consequences of home ownership and renting but they're driving around in a bus. And let me tell you something. That is stupid. <laughs> That's that not the, the thing. <laughs> that, But I'm just saying, considering that, you know, let's say you were working in Ohio, but you, you can now go work in Miami. Absolutely. Right? Why not? And so what, I, what I'm trying to aim at here is, if you, if you just say it's all hopeless, I'll never be able to own a home, that's stupid. I'm right? not saying that. I know I'm you're not, not saying, saying that. that. I know you're not saying that. But what I'm saying is be that group of people that say, hey, we don't have to fork over interest to the bank. We don't have to fork over HOAs to, an H to a homeowners association. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to, like, we can, we can send that money to a place where we're investing it, because those are also, th those are things your parents, your boomer parents say, well, the house goes up in value. Yeah, but I paid taxes on the house when, mm -hmm. I, when I go well, to sell They didn't it. even have access to these kind of things in their, right. in their world, right? There but what I'm no saying is... group real estate trusts and things like that, that right? that they could invest in. They didn't have the alternatives. And look, and I here here's where and Danny and I, you know, obviously we have different opinions on things, but sometimes and I'll give this to Danny, I wish the world that Danny wishes existed, I wish it did. Because my curse is I only see things as what is. So the I what see, if world doesn't exist no, to hold me. On. There, uh, I see the world for the way it is, okay? But I understand. Do not. No, hold on. I'm an advocate of, listen, I'm a hardcore realist, but I also understand one thing, that there have been leaps made in short amount of time, but we live through those leaps, so we don't see them happening. We just experience them, right? The fact that when I was a kid and my teacher said, you're never going to be walking around with your calculator, so you should be able to do mm -hmm. this math problem on a sheet of paper, up yours, Mrs. Lindstrom, I got a freaking <laughs> calculator. I'll just put the quadratic equation into Google and it'll do it for me. So and you, I can't, you keep talking about millennials, your people, like yeah. like a millennial. You talk about millennials like a millennial. Like I hate them. So, oh my God, you lived through the Great Recession where there was internet and Wi-Fi and everything else. You're no, talking to saying... Generation X, Bubba. You're talking about the generation that's been through more economic issues Turmoil. than any generation in American history. Right. Okay? okay. We were there without parents. It's why they call us latchkey kids. We were there before cell phones. We were there before the internet. Right. We had to deal with not having money before poor people had Wi-Fi. I know. I understand what you're saying. Okay. 
But what I'm also saying is your generation had different advantages, right? Which like were, what? Like, like, excuse um, me? You're yeah, talking okay. about the generation that couldn't go to college anyway. It wasn't an option. No, Even well, hold to on. go and get the student loans to pay, there wasn't an option no, for hold us. On. If you wanted to go to college, okay, you could go work in the summer and pay for the semester, two semesters, by working in the summer. Sure. Okay, if a kid wants to go work in the summer right now, a, a, a Zoomer, and he's going to go make 12 or 15 bucks an hour if he's lucky, okay, working at Chick-fil-A, he's not going to cover, a, 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 not just a semester, he ain't going to cover the first quarter of a, of a semester. He's not covering Look, nothing. I, I, I don't want to get into the, the, the okay. general... Because here's the reality. I don't like either side, boomers or millennials. So I don't like anybody. Issues, all right. Okay, generation I don't like Xers anybody. Are just sitting over here watching it like it's so I don't hold on. I don't like any generation. I don't like any sort of collectivist attitude that puts people into a group. So you were born at this time. So therefore, you sure. must be like this. But I'm just saying as as just based on publicly available data, here were the opportunities that were for that one group had available to them that the other group didn't. No, I agree. And so I'm just saying that, you know, we're seeing a rise in more renters and for a guy who's mostly rented, never really owned anything in terms of real estate, well sort of a couple of investment properties but sure. nothing now. My view has been and my view is always I have money saved right now to this day that I'm going to go I have to use it to buy a house. I don't know that it's the logical choice. And all I'm and advocating may not be for you. All I'm advocating here for is don't force yourself to be like everyone else to make somebody who 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 loves you happy. Okay? I agree. Don't don't go buy a house because your mom or somebody said well you should buy a house. They don't know anything. Right? You have more opportunities. You can How about evaluate them. the people you're listening to because they might well, okay. That, that your parents might, might be the ones that actually okay. do know what they're talking about. They right? might so, love you, but they don't necessarily. They don't know that you can take that thirty thousand dollars and stick it into an Etsy business and turn that into two or three thousand dollars of side income every month, pay off your student loans in in five years instead of fifteen, and then be free and then have a little more economic freedom. And that's all I'm, I'm, I'm only bringing this up because we're we're toward the end of the conclusion of this story because I've already agreed with you twice and so yeah. the world's coming into an end. Um, yeah. So, but I'm bringing this up. I'm actually really curious why you didn't pick a story this week that was the guy that bought twenty dollars worth of a cryptocurrency that woke up the next morning as a trillionaire. He can't cash out anything, but. I didn't pick that story because I don't have the patience to deal with you talking about how blockchain and crypto are. But he's a trillionaire, Danny. Anyway, the point is. So take just, advisement, investment advice from Danny. Cause don't take any advice. He advice knows from what me. he's talking about. Fine. Can I just, I just want to conclude the show. Can I wrap it yeah. up now? No, I, I get you, man. Listen. I just want to say one thing. You know, this last week we had Prime Day. It was actually celebrated on two days. Um, and I just want to say that I'm disgusted by people celebrating Prime Day with consumerism. I, for one, will never forget that Optimus Prime died to save Cybertron. And I refuse to celebrate that sacrifice by buying an Amazon Echo tablet for 50% off. For, for celebrating. Wow. 
You are. You you've completely derailed, my friend. <laughs> completely derailed. Optimus uh, but, Prime and Cybertron must be avenged. If if we have a show next week, we'll we'll if. see you then, folks. Huh.